Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Whether you're in your garden or hiking through the woods, we have you covered. Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on WHBY. Indeed, it is time to talk some outdoors with the aforementioned Rob Zimmer. I am Joey D. We do this every Saturday morning between 7 and 8. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Awesome. How could you not be with this weather? No kidding. (laughs) What a beautiful week. And it's going to be beautiful all next week also. So get out. Yes. In the garden and on the woods or whatever that says. Somebody tells you to get out of here. They they mean it in a good way today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Get out of here. Uh, Hey, for the next, uh, well, what, 50 minutes or so, we're going to be taking your phone calls and your emails as well and your Facebook postings. So uh, all kinds of ways that you can contact the program. Let's give out the digits. It's 281-1150. That is here in Appleton. If you're outside the Fox Cities, you can use the TDS Metrocom toll-free line, 1-866-887-1150. You can also catch us online. Go to whby.com. If you miss a show or if you want to listen back to a show, it's very simple. Go to whby.com, click on the podcast section or the local shows section, and uh, click on Outdoors, and that's where you will hear it uh, each and every weekend. You can also click on the Contact Us, and it will go into our email inbox or uh, check them out online as well at uh, facebook give that out for us Rob. yep i'm on facebook at rob zimmer outdoors or you can go to my website at uh, rob zimmer outdoors.com okay so easy to get a hold of us today 281-1150 and again get your calls in early because it seems like later on in the show i don't know people just start to wake up and then decide to call (laughs) or just wait for a long time so yeah uh, get them in nice and early i hate cutting people off at the end of the show and that's what happened last week i understand you did that last week let's go ahead and pick up on that and uh and kind of piggyback off of what i I was out of the area so i was uh, unable to uh, to listen um so tell me what happened last week well last week the the last show of the or the last call of the show last week it was a really it was a good call but I couldn't answer because I had music playing in my ears and everything but it was about hydrangeas and pruning hydrangeas and why won't it bloom and that's actually such an awesome question especially for this time of year and so I promised people you know on my Facebook page all week that I'd answer a lot of questions about hydrangeas and I do have a bunch here um uh, his, his question was kind of a detailed question so uh, we can get into that later but um I do want people to know that this is the best time of year to to kind of plant hydrangeas, kind of prepare them for next year. But in general, don't prune them yet. Everybody wants to prune them back in the fall. This really isn't the best time of year to prune them, um, and we'll talk about that more during the show. Okay. Well, uh, we will get to that here in just a second, but we do have the phone lines lighting up for us here. 281-1150. Let's head to the phone lines. You are first up this morning outdoors. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Is that me? Yes. It's it's you. Hi, Rob. This is Jan. Hi, Jan. How are you doing? I wanted to say, I noticed something when I was cutting down my garden, uh, which I, I I don't cut everything away, but I did cut down <laughs> peonies, and they had, I found out from extent, the extension office here, oyster scale. I've never had that. We've had the peonies. They've been here before we moved here, and we've lived here over 30 years. But the uh, horticulturalist said that they that would happen if they were stressed, and it might be because of 
a lot of rain we got in the spring. I didn't notice anything on them until I cut them down. So this wasn't happening when they were blooming. Right. But if anyone else has this problem, you have to destroy the scale, uh, uh, the stems with the scales right away, or they'll winter over, and then they'll reinfect in the spring. Yeah, and that's a good point for just about all of your fungal diseases. You know, black spot, tar spot from your maple trees. Even you know, so many people compost their leaves or or mulch their leaves. But if there's any sign of like fungal diseases, things like that, you want to get rid of them because that will hold over. Um, That's how a lot of those work. Even the powdery mildew, things like that, it winters over in the soil or close to the soil. And then in the spring, you know, when we get those warm south winds, it all billows back up into the air and and lands on everything. So if you have something once, chances are if you don't clean it up completely, you're going to get it again. The oyster steel is interesting. Is it just on your peonies or is it on other plants? Peonies. Nothing else was affected. Yeah. And it's probably, I would would say probably 100% is weather related. It's been such a, you know, they got such a head start in the spring. I mean, they were already up in in late February, March in our area. Mm -hmm. So they had that extended season plus a lot of stress. You know, we had a lot of rain early. Then for a month or so, we had no rain. It got really dry and hot. And then we had all this rain again in the fall. So it's probably moisture related, weather related. But, okay, well, and you did the right thing. Instead of just guessing what it was, you went right to the extension office. I wish more people would do that. Uh, they might hate me for saying that if they're understaffed. Well, but, <laughs> but I have a have... bug book, but I'm never quite sure that I oh, did yeah. it right. Something easy like aphids I can identify. But yeah. when it gets to other things, I want to be sure I've got the right right identification. Yeah, and uh, and it's, it's good that it just affected your peonies. Yeah. yeah. So Now, I did, you know, cut them down and put them in a bag to destroy them, but should I be treating the soil at all around the plants? Probably not. Uh, There's probably not anything you need to do to the soil. Um, The scale... If it's what I'm thinking, it's it's not really a fungus. It's more of it's an insect. Actually, it's mm-hmm. a it's a creature. So there may be eggs, but um, it, it depends how far along in their life cycle they were. Usually, they lay their eggs on the plant itself. I, I think you're fine as long as you just destroy all the vegetation around. I don't think you really have to do anything with the soil. Okay, thank you. Sure, and have a great weekend. It's a perfect weekend to be outside working in the garden. I hope a lot of people are. Uh, I'm going to be going home and cutting back some hostas and doing a little bit of raking, but my tree's still green, and I have a couple huge trees, so what? I can't really... Yeah. You still have green trees? I do, yep. Well, I've got cottonwoods and a silver maple that dropped everything, but a willow and our uh, red maple, which is large, yeah. is just starting to drop things now. Yeah, mine's usually is kind of funny. I, I I record all this weird stuff. It mine's usually about November 9th when it drops its leaves, and then they all come down in one day. It's just like, oh, yeah. whoosh, you can almost hear it on a, on a nice still day, usually in the middle of November. They just all of a sudden whoosh, and then I can rake, and then I'm done. So, okay. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Enjoy, your, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weather. Sure. Love the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting up and uh, giving us a call here at 281-1150. Awaiting your call as well, 866-887-1150. Outdoors here with Rob Zimmer. Yeah, really? You got you still have green? Yeah, my tree is famous Please. for that. Every year, it's like the it's only tree. It's on not the, ever on the green, is it? No, it's a maple. It's a big. I thought maple. that was the only thing that left green right now. Nope, it's it's a big maple, and it's just starting to turn a little bit gold, a little bit yellow. But it's always the last tree in the neighborhood um, to go. And like I said, when it does go, it's just whoosh one one day, and they just all come down. It's kind of cool. I mean, is is there a rhyme and reason for that? Is, I don't know. Is, I think it, it, does it not get as much sunlight as some of the other trees? It's, it's right on the right on the road. It's right in town. Maybe it could be because it's in town. Maybe it gets a little more, um, a little longer lasting. But it's it's 
just the weirdest tree. Everyone else, every other tree in my neighborhood around is me it, is bare except this one tree. Is it blocked by buildings? I mean, why? Not it's really. It's pretty windy lately. I know, not really. Huh. All the trees around it, like I said, are all bare. It's pretty much standing there by itself. But you, you got the little leaves or the big fat ones? They're the medium size. They're not the huge leaves. They're just medium size, nice and thin. So I mean, really, I can just blow them away when they. Although I don't use a leaf blower, and hmm. just blow, rake them away really quick. I mean, I've seen you know leaves obviously still on trees, but uh, I didn't know that there was any green ones still yeah. left this oh, yeah. late. Yeah, you say that happens every year. Every year, it's it's yeah. Some years it's been as late as Thanksgiving. I'm out there raking on Thanksgiving, and the city's already done picking up the leaves for the year. And here I have to put big piles out. Huh? <laughs> Learn something new every day on this show. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. So if we have time, I want to get back to the hydrangeas. Do yes. We have time? So let's, okay. Let's do it. Yeah, and this might be kind of boring for some people if you don't like hydrangeas, but I know there's a lot of listeners who are waiting for well, this. Well, you said so. you got a lot on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, a lot of questions on Facebook, and it's actually one of the most common questions that a lot of garden centers and nurseries get, um, you know, when you have to go to a reputable nursery or sometimes you won't get the answers. So, um, But the most common questions I get regarding hydrangeas are why didn't it bloom and when do I prune it or cut it back, right? And I'm sure you all have that question if you all have hydrangeas, and call us if you do and let me know what you do for yours. I did get a nice message from... Uh, Diane Lenz, who's the owner of Pondside Gardens Hostas over in Kiel, and she has hostas, um, hydrangeas there. She has an endless summer, and she said that she found out that the best way to treat her endless summer hydrangeas specifically is not to do anything until the spring. So no chopping it back in the fall, no pruning it back until spring when she can see the plant and see where the new leaves are coming out. And then if there's an area where she's not getting any growth, she'll cut that off. But for endless summer hydrangeas particularly, um, leave them go. After, after like August 1st, and I'll explain that more too later because that's one of the most common hydrangeas people have questions on. So the most common reasons why hydrangeas don't bloom, there's a couple different things that, that I found um, and that, you know, in talking with other nurseries and things like that. Um, one is uh, improper planting. So it's planted either too deep or too shallow. When you plant a hydrangea, it has to be planted right level with the ground. So the crown of the plant should be level with the ground. Uh, the other is too much shade. So if you plant a hydrangea in too much shade, chances are you're not going to get bloom. Now, a lot of the older hydrangeas prefer more shade, but a lot of these fancy new ones that they're coming out with, they actually like some sun, especially some morning sun. So if they're not getting that sun, um, they're probably not going to bloom for you either. Uh, weather damage, So, uh, and I'll talk a lot more about that coming up later in the show for, for as far as hydrangeas and weather. And then improper pruning, which like we just talked about, cutting back. Um, usually people cut back too early. They cut back the, the, the blossoms for next year, and then they are confused why it didn't bloom. So whoops. So hopefully this show will kind of help you with that. Uh, the trickiest part is the pruning, like we just talked about. Um, the best way to find out when your hydrangea should be pruned or trimmed back is to find out exactly what kind you have. And a lot of people, you know, save their tags and they know what they have. A lot of people don't, though. They they maybe got it as a gift or they got it on clearance and they don't remember. How many different types are there? There's a lot. There's several dozen different kinds of hydrangeas, um, at least. So, But generally... Generally, there's two different types of hydrangeas. There's hydrangeas that, that bloom on new wood of the year, so new growth that year, and there's hydrangeas that will bloom on last year's growth, or old, old wood, they call it. Um, so generally, and this is very generally, your big Annabelle hydrangeas, your big snowball hydrangeas, the big round um, full ones, they're called smooth hydrangeas, um, and then your panicle hydrangeas, which are like your limelight and quickfire and PG, the ones that have kind of like the conical-shaped blossoms on them. 
Those are the ones that bloom on the new wood, and those can be cut back generally in late winter or early spring. So right now it's probably a little bit too early, though I know several people do do it every fall. They chop them all back, and they come back just beautifully um, with no problems. Some people just have the golden touch with everything they they grow. Um, But late winter, early spring, when they're still dormant, before the buds start to break and the leaves start to come out, that's the best time to cut them back. And then every three to five years or so, just chop back the whole thing to like four to 10 inches. And that will kind of revigorate everything. And again, that's for your smooth hydrangeas, like your big mop head hydrangeas, your Annabelle's, things like that. And then your panicle hydrangeas, as long as they're the shrub type. You know, if they have the multiple stems that come out of them, there are a lot of new panicle hydrangeas these days that are are grown more as trees. They're like grafted as a tree form. Well, you don't want to chop that back because it's that's your stem, that's your tree. So if you chop that back, you're not going to get any blooms at all. So, yeah, and then we come to the mop head. Yeah, mop heads. Those are the great big. If you're familiar with hydrangeas, like the the great big like basketball size blooms. They actually look like a a big mop head. So they call them mop head. They're floppy. They're big. but those can be pruned back generally in late spring or late winter and early spring. Then you have some of your your odd, kind of like odd hydrangeas that are getting more popular, the, the oak leaf hydrangea, mountain hydrangea, um, big leaf, and your climbing hydrangeas, which are all kind of specialty plants. Those... Um, those will bloom on the old wood. So they're blooming on last year's wood. And if you prune them now, you know, you're going to chop off all the, all the buds. So if you do need to prune those, prune them shortly after they bloom, in the, usually in the summer or spring, um, and just take out like a, a third, or I always tell people take out about a third of the old stems, the oldest stems, and that will kind of keep enough there to keep it blooming, but you're you're also thinning it out a little bit. So that's for your, your fancier oak leaf hydrangeas. Like I said, the big leaf, the climbing hydrangeas, things like that, they bloom on the old wood. Um, the endless summer hydrangeas, those are, are a tricky bunch, and that's the one that the guy called on last week. Luckily, they did know after he yelled for his wife in the background, they didn't know what kind of hydrangea they had, and it wasn't in the summer. And those are the trickiest ones. Um, those will bloom on both new wood and old wood, so you have to be a little bit careful with those. Generally, the the breeders of those say don't chop them back or don't prune them after August 1st, which kind of goes along with with, the Diane, with what Diane Lenz said. You know, she waits till spring to see when the new growth is coming. But the endless summer um, hydrangeas, they're beautiful plants. You know, they're an easy sell at the garden center. But if you don't know what you have and how to take care of it, it could disappoint you. It's either not going to bloom or it's going to wither away to nothing. Um and a lot of people, you know, get so obsessed on cutting them back and cutting them back. Well, endless summer hydrangeas, all the all the ones in that series, generally you don't need to prune them back. You don't need to take care of them um, that way. You don't need to chop them back every year. Um, the more you do, the less blooms you're going to have. So regular pruning isn't needed for those generally. If you do need to prune it, if it gets, and, and they're generally smaller plants too, but if it gets overgrown and too big, um, just like I talked about with the oak leaf hydrangeas, just take out about a third of them after they bloom a third of the oldest stems, and that will help thin it out. But generally, like I said, the breeders of those plants, say don't prune them after August 1st um, because if you prune too much, you're going to lose potential blooms. So that's the pruning part of it, and there's a lot of other things that that will affect the bloom of hydrangeas, which I'll talk about later in the show, but I don't want to bore people who might want to talk about other stuff. So okay. uh, call in and let us know what, what you do with your hydrangeas or um, what you're seeing in your backyard, what you're seeing in your bird feeder, uh, what you're going to do this weekend, it's going to be beautiful out this weekend, 70 degrees almost, both days, sunny, 
What are you planning on doing outside this weekend? I want to okay. hear from you. I'll make that kind of a theme today, the beautiful weather. Yeah. We're going back and forth. Do we do beautiful weather? Do we do preparing for winter? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Either one. Both. Either one. If, it's uh, a beautiful weather weekend to prepare for winter. <laughs> there you go. We'll combine it here. Yeah. It is outdoors. He is Rob Zimmer. I am Joey D. And you can give us a call at 281-1150 or 866-887-1150. Back in a moment. Oh, good. <laughs> he says, oh, good. Let's see if you can hit the... Ow. Here we go. Oh, wait. Ow. Ooh. Ow. <laughs> oh. Uh, welcome back, Outdoors. It's right down 7.30. 44 and beautiful conditions right now. Oh, yeah. It's starting to get a little lighter. It's so weird coming in when it's dark out. I'll be able to walk on sunshine today. This is one of Rob's favorite songs. And very appropriate to play today. Yes, for sure. I'm going to be walking on sunshine. It's going to be a gorgeous day. We are headed up to about 65 today, currently sitting at 44. 281-1150, if you'd like to be a part of the show today, anything outdoors is what we talk between 7 and 8 each and every Saturday morning. And let's head on over to the phone lines, patiently waiting through the break. We've got Becky. Good morning, Becky. Good morning. Morning, Becky. Hi, um, Rob. I Sorry, I missed what you said about the oak leaf um, hydrangea. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> I was mine t- hasn't bloomed the last couple of years. Um, am I pruning it or something, or, or could it be? The bark kind of um, on the trunk of it in the winter, like it got burned or something because it, it opened, would that have affected it? or All of the above. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Oakley, um, have you been pruning it or have you just been leaving it? Well, I, I leave it for the most part. Um, this last year I don't think I pruned it at all, but, um, but it, didn't, it didn't bloom. How old is it? Oh, you know? I don't know. I got it from a friend's. I I would say maybe, oh, maybe five, six, maybe even longer than that. Oh, okay. Old. Did it ever bloom? Yes. Okay. It did. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, the leaves turn, you know, color and everything in the fall. Oh, they're beautiful, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. And I really like it, but I, I don't know what what's wrong with it. So. It, is it in? Is it getting sun at all? Well, it does, but and maybe that's. Part of it, maybe the maybe the trees in the area or something are shading it more or something. I don't know. I guess I should just watch it. But I just didn't know if there was um, if if you said did you say anything about trimming them at yeah. all? Or I was talking about pruning them a bit, but it sounds like you haven't been pruning at least for a year or two. So. Um that might take the pruning out of it. But oak leaf hydrangeas are one that bloom on the old wood. So they're going to bloom on last year's wood. Okay. And generally, if you're going to prune any time at all, you want to prune right after they flower because they'll set their buds for next year, you know, pretty fast after they flower. So if you prune in the fall or winter or even in the spring, you know, like like the time when you prune most other hydrangeas, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be cutting off the buds. So um, the best time to prune is right after they flower because they make their buds pretty quick. That being said... Um, like you were talking about, that looked like it was burned. Um, the hydrangea buds are pretty susceptible to to cold weather. So especially the endless summer ones and the oak leaf, things like that, they're pretty susceptible to the cold. So um, if there's any way to protect those those because the buds are there already in the and fall. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big bush. I was going to ask how big it is. Yeah. So, um, so like, what if I put if I'd wrap it or something a little bit? Or? Really loose though. Like, don't right. wrap it tight at all. Maybe just like just lay some burlap over it or something. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, something like that. 
but generally, yeah, they do need to protect to be protected, and that's another whole whole point I was going to get into with the endless summer um, series. You know, there's so many in that series, and a lot of people, you know, they don't get the bloom, and it, it is because those ones are especially susceptible to the cold. And I know they're they're making more and more oak leaf hydrangeas now, and, and an endless summer series that are more hardy in our area. Okay, uh, but it could be if yours is five or six years old, it could be one of the the least uh, the lesser um, hardy ones. So right. if you can protect it in any way. Uh, at all that might help but okay. but as far as the pruning you know don't prune it until after it flowers and if you have to prune it if it's getting too thick and too big just take out about a third of the old stems okay uh, again right after it blooms okay okay yeah. and the other question um and, and the sun, sorry, <laughs> I just got there back to the sun. Yeah, if it's getting too okay. much shade, that could be it too because um, oak leaf hydrangeas kind of like it right at the edge of the woods or at the edge of the, you know, they like part shade, especially morning morning sun and then partial or dappled afternoon shade. So if you can kind of yeah, get at that. I'm sorry, it's on the, I'm, it's on the south side of my house um, and, and I think the winter is what probably is the, is the most, Problem. Damaging, yeah, it could be. It, it, it could be. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we had a nice warm winter last winter, but then all of a sudden you get to May and it freezes. Yeah. So, you know, that's just as dead, as dangerous for the plant as, a you know, a bitter cold winter is, you know, to all of a sudden get a late season freeze. Okay, okay. Now, should we, tr- daylilies, does, um, is it a problem because it's been, you know, warm and stuff, if we cut those off? Will they start to think it's spring, or is it okay to trim them now? You can trim them now if they're if they're starting to send up flowerscapes again. I would just let them go because it's only going to be a couple more weeks, and you know there are a lot of reblooming daylilies that will do that. I've had daylilies blooming into December in many years, even ones that aren't supposed to rebloom. So if they get a nice long enough fall, they'll send up another scape, and it's not really hurting the plant. You know, every time that that's happened to me, just like the irises, they bloom fine the next year again. So okay uh, yeah and and when you talk about mulching you know with leaves and stuff is it best for the for the leaves to be ones that deteriorate easily like i have a cottonwood and they tend like if you have leaves they have a finish on them and yeah. they just kind of smother stuff yeah just like oak leaves too yeah it, it, it's the best thing is, is obviously to have a combination so you can have you know a slight a slight percentage of of slower uh, decomposing leaves and then a, a, a nice big, um, you know, mass of, of quickly de- decomposing leaves like maples and stuff like that. Because then you're getting the the whole big picture. But yeah, you don't want to have too many leaves that aren't going to decompose quickly enough. Okay, okay, that's yeah. what I thought. So yeah. thank you very much. I appreciate. Oh, you your bet. Show. Thanks, Becky. Thanks for a call, Becky. Have a great rest of your weekend. It yes. is 281-1150 here in Appleton, 866-887-1150. Give us a call, anything talking outdoors. And, I mean, I've heard it several times already for people who, who may not know. What is pruning? You keep saying the word yeah. oh, prune. Good how, do, question. how do you yep. prune and what is pruning? Yeah, pruning is basically, uh, it's done for a lot of reasons. It's done to either increase flower production on flowering shrubs. It's basically just cutting off stems to either increase flower production, rejuvenate the shrub, um, shape it, or reduce the size of it because it's, you know, they're getting too big and overgrown. So pruning really is just snipping off branches and, and tips of branches here and there or whole canes, depending on the type of tree or shrub, to keep it healthy, to keep it, uh, in the case of trees, you know, it's even done to to keep your property safe. You know, pruning out old dead branches or branches that lean a different way to, to kind of balance out the tree so it doesn't fall during a storm or something. But it's basically just... Um, 
um, thinning out or reducing the shape of the plant. In, in special tools. Reason. Yep. There's lots of different on what tools. plant it is, I guess. Yeah. A hand pruner works the best for most of your small shrubs and perennials and things like that. Um, for for trees, obviously, you probably if you if you do it yourself, there's there's bigger loppers, there's pruning poles, there's you know chainsaws work too. Um, but for some of the bigger projects, people just have a professional come in and do that. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people are intimidated by pruning, which kind of is it's kind of funny in a way, but because they think they're going to kill the plant, you're never going to kill a plant by pruning it, um, even if you do it wrong, unless you you know go right to the ground and prune it the whole thing on, on some of them. But uh, there's a lot of trees and shrubs that can even take that. So don't be afraid to prune. Um, the worst you could do is probably reduce your flower production for the following year. If you trim if you trim it off at the wrong time of year, you might not get flowers the next year, but it's not going to kill the plant. Um, you might create an unsightly shape if you prune it wrong. You know, you might, you know, I've seen people take some pretty drastic action and, and you know, uh, their plants generally take a couple years to come back. But again, they're not going to die on you. Yep. But, yeah, it's basically just thinning out a plant. Um, I do want to hit on something that Becky was talking about, the, the, the buds freezing. And that's another big reason why, why endless summer hydrangeas don't, don't bloom. And that was the question last week, too. It was an endless summer. Those plants are, are a little bit touchy to, to cold temperatures, especially in the fall, you know, and then, and then again in the spring. Um, and it can affect the bloom on those hydrangeas that bloom on both new and old wood because the flower buds are there for next year. And if we get a cold snap... You know, even in the spring, after after you take off all the mulch, after you, you know, you're all ready to go, and then we get a big freeze in the spring, that could kill your hydrangea blooms that are that are waiting there. So, endless summer hydrangeas, really, you should be protecting them in our area here locally. Um, with just you know, endless summer hydrangeas are pretty small, so you want to protect those buds throughout the winter season. And generally, just some mulch will do just fine, uh, just or, or straw, just pile up about a foot or so, because generally they're no more than two or three feet tall. Pile up some mulch around it. Put a put a, a wire cage around it. Maybe pile some mulch in there and just protect those buds during the coldest part of the year. Um, and then the tricky part is in the spring. You know, as soon as we get a first uh, nice warm seventy degree day, everybody wants to go out and rip off rip off all the protection and everything um, and clean everything up. But then all of a sudden we get a freeze and whatever was was uncovered is dead. So take off the mulch really slowly in spring. I usually tell people take off a little bit each week um, to just gradually uncover the plant. But uh, that's another tricky thing with endless summer hydrangeas is, you know, people either do nothing with them and then they lose the bloom or in some cases they do too much and then they just smother the plant. So it can be tricky with the endless summer ones. Well, that's the voice of Rob Zimmer. Yeah. This is Outdoors. I am Joey D. And uh, what's Rob been seeing lately and other preps for winter. More of that uh, coming up as we continue. Taking your phone calls and your emails as well. We'll check the email inbox and the Facebook uh, two and two eight one eleven fifty is how to get a hold of us or eight six six eight eight seven eleven fifty. Take you out of this place, someone you could lend a hand. Welcome back outdoors. It's a beautiful day. Yes. <laughs> Go along with that theme today. We've got forty four. Uh, call it partly cloudy, I guess. Headed up to 65 today, though. Yeah. Plenty of So sunshine. get outside and call me and let me know what you're going to do. You know, I got I got a couple of cool uh, messages this week. Um, a couple of people have gone to some of the places I've recommended on the show. They said they heard it on the show and they went to uh, Terrell's Island, which I talked about several times um, over uh, between Oshkosh and Amaral on Lake Butamore there. Terrell's Island is a, it's a three mile kind of um, 
break wall trail that goes and, and now it's all paved so you can even bike it but it's a trail that goes around this huge area of, of marsh and some islands that they've built in there to help waterfowl uh, restore waterfowl in there but it's an amazing place and I had a couple of people who said they went out there and just loved it um, I had uh, my friends at Cedar Ridge and Nina went out to, to Navarino Wildlife Area and took a hike along the trails there. I told, you know, I ta- I've talked about that several times on the show, too, talking about the cranes and the beautiful fall color and, you know, going up and down this, the huge sand hills out there. And they went out there and they said they just loved it. And, you, you know, you can't believe they're somewhere so close to home, you know, 25 miles away, half hour away. And it feels like you're in Alaska when you're out there. It's just amazing. Um, and then yesterday, some people all the way from Sheboygan who are listening uh, went out to Hartman Creek and took a hike out there, and they just loved it. They'd never been there before, um, so they took a hike around the lakes at Hartman Creek, which was pretty cool to hear that people are are following that advice and getting out there. So uh, let me know where you've gone or where you're going this weekend. I'd love to hear what we you have planned. We know you're listening. We know you're listening. <laughs> Tell us where phone. you're going, what you're doing, what you're going to look for this weekend. It's a great weekend for watching birds. You know, swans are coming back. The Sandhill Cranes are, are here to stay for at least another month or so probably. Unless we get really cold, and there's thousands and thousands of cranes out there. Uh, the geese are everywhere. Uh, lake Winnebago right now, there's loons being spotted on the on the lake. So, you know, check out places along the lakeshore, you know, from High Cliff at the marina or, or Oshkosh at Menominee Park or Asylum Park there. Um, or even Jefferson Park in Menasha. Look for loons because they're there. And the bald eagles are coming back too. So lots, lots of reports of bald eagles. In fact, yesterday I was at Point Beach. Um, and I actually watched a bald eagle fly down into the lake and catch a duck and fly up into a tree and start eating it. So that Is that was, right? That was pretty amazing. I got some pictures of it. They're not the best pictures, but uh, that eagle flew down right into the water, grabbed a duck, flew up in the tree and started eating it, which was just amazing. You know, people don't realize eagles eagles can do that if they're hungry enough. They can they can attack a goose or or a duck or they usually eat fish, especially in the winter along the Fox River, but Pretty cool. And another cool thing I'm seeing right now that's peaking are the tamaracks. Tamaracks are one of my favorite trees in the fall. They're the only evergreen that drops its needles every year. And what they do is they turn this beautiful bright gold before they drop their needles. And there's several in our area. There's lots of nice big stands of tamaracks you can see. Um, Fallen Timbers has a couple tamaracks out there. Bubaltz has tamaracks out there. Um, Heckrod, there's a nice huge tamarack right behind the nature center. Uh, just gorgeous trees with these really soft feathery needles that fall off. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pretty cool week as far as all of that kind of stuff. And all of this stuff, you know, the way the forecast looks for the next week or two, it's all going to stay right here. There's no no freeze coming or anything like that. So yeah, get out and enjoy foreseeable it. Foreseeable future. It is yeah. It's going to be, un, we'll call it unseasonable Unseason- of weather. Uh, 281-1150 yeah. is the phone number, 866-887-1150. Back to the phone lines. You're up next today on Outdoors. Who is this? Uh, this is Carol. Hey, Carol. Hi, Carol. Good morning. What's Good morning. morning. I enjoy your show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I have a uh, call about a clematis. Okay. And it's a very, very old one. Right now it's on the northeast side of our house, excuse me, southeast side of the house, tucked in right tight to the garage. And we've lived in this house for almost 30 years. So, And it came oh. with the house. So oh, it wow. is old, big, thick. You're lucky. Yeah, I am very lucky. The thing is, we're moving. Oh, no. And I desperately would like to take him with, but I'm afraid it will kill him because it's so tight. Can you transplant something like that? I don't think I could get a lot of the root because it's really literally coming out of the foundation of the garage almost. Yeah. So you just want to take a piece of it or the whole thing? 
Well, I wasn't sure. You know, my, my first thought was just leave it be. You know, it's such a nice plant, I'm not going to risk damaging it. Right. Then I thought, you know, when we sell this house, who knows what the new owners are going to do. You know, they might just rip it out anyway. So I wasn't right. sure what my best course of action should be. Um, how big are you talking when you say it's really tight? You mean the, the how thick are the stems? Um, probably at least as big as your thumb, if not bigger. Oh, wow. Okay. On the bottom. Yeah. It's big. It's an old, old guy. And it's the big, beautiful purple flowers. Oh, yeah. I would try. I mean, I would try to take it as long. The more you can dig out, the better. Now, I know you say it's really tight. Like uh, By tight, you mean right against the house or yeah, where it's Yeah, coming planted? out of the foundation. I probably have about four inches before it dives into the foundation. Yeah. I would, I mean, the more of that root ball and everything you can dig out, the better. So if you have, you know, if uh, I would try though, I think clematis, um, especially when they're that big, they can be transplanted pretty easy. I know a lady who transplanted actually a bunch this summer um, down in Oshkosh where I was helping her, and they all looked fine within a day or two. So um, okay, I'm just afraid I'm not going to get much rut. Yeah, and he's very he's really shaded there because he's out beside the garage and then there's a big bush next to him so he's never really had a lot of sun and then he'd be coming to a sunny location probably oh you're going to change yeah that might put it in shock for for a little while but yeah. a, a plant that old you know you may not kill it um is there a way you can find out from the owner if they plan on keeping it we haven't sold the house yet. Oh, you have. Oh, I see. You know, no. Okay. So we're probably I mean, we're planning on selling it over the winter. Right. And so then there'd be no way to do it. But I've got to do it now. Yeah. Oh, that's so tricky. I wish I could now see the plant. With, with, how, yeah, how, it grows off the old wood. Yeah. This one does. So how far do I cut it back? Then you know, because we left a fair amount of the old wood up on the line yet. How tall is it? Trellis. Is it? Oh golly. You it goes up and over the garage by that it. Oh my gosh! So yeah, yeah, seven feet, if yeah. not higher. Yep, I would kind of. I mean, at least if you can get part of it out, you know, I'm not sure how easy it is to to split apart. Uh, uh, how big it is right at the ground, but if you can get part of it out, maybe and transplant it that way, you know, at least you're you're taking part of it. But I would try to take the whole thing. I mean, okay, I, I would get in there, dig nice and deep, get as much as you can. Um, but I, I know your struggle because, at the other hand, I would think if I just do one wrong cut and kill the plant, I'd feel horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I would feel just terrible. I'd rather leave it for someone and hope they take care of it. Yeah, I'm really torn. <laughs> I'm really yeah, torn both ways. Um, if if I don't get all of the rut in, and I can't, you know, my part doesn't grow. Will it come up off that tap root again? It should. Yeah, clematis are pretty hardy that way. Do you know what variety okay. it is? No. no, I mean it's it's a big purple flower, the old the old fashioned one, one. probably, and one. those are yeah, usually I mean, the this e- thing is over thirty years old. So. Yeah, those are usually the easiest ones to to transplant. Um, you know, I can do more research and get back to you if you want to if you want to give me your email address, or if you're oh, on my sure. Facebook page, you can just check out on Facebook and I'll post something. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll email you then, and then I'll okay. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, because I'll look into and, that. And is this the time of year to do it? I mean, is it okay yeah. to do it now? Oh, it's okay. the best time, probably. Yep. Okay, that's kind yep. of what I was thinking. So. Yeah. All right. Okay, but I'll look into oh, great. it. Great, I'll shoot you an email. Yeah, it's just robzimmeroutdoors at gmail.com. Okay, thank All right. you. Hey, sure. Carol, thanks for the call. Thanks a lot. Have a good yep. weekend. Thank you, you All too. I right, appreciate it. Yep.
1150 Time for one quick phone call. We only have about uh, about a minute left here oh in the show. Who are we talking Time to? Flies. Hi, this is Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. We've got about a minute. You got a quick question? Okay. Uh, it is, and it's a quick question. On Terrell's Island, I biked it in August, and you talked about it being paved. Can you just describe what you mean by that? The paved, the paved part of the trail, it's, it's part of it's blacktop, part of it's just high, um, hard pack. You know what I mean, like gravel. So the yeah, because I biked it and it was th- kind of a loose, crushed rock, and it was really difficult to bike. So I was wondering if it's smooth uh, asphalt now. Parts of it are, but parts of it, like you said, are the crushed, the, the hard pack gravel. So parts of it are like a dirt. Like a sand dirt lane, but it's all pretty much uh, accessible by bikes. But part of it is is paved now. You, which way did you go? Do you know which um, way? You I went? did the entire loop, parked in the oh, parking did. lot, and I rode. But you know, the part is that's wonderful is where you have the water on both sides. But yes. that's really difficult to bike. Yeah. Oops, I mean, it's music. doable, but I just wondered if it was smooth now. <laughs> yeah, it, it depends. It's probably best in early spring when they go through with they go through with their. Um, their equipment and kind of smooth everything out. But oh, great. Yes. Tip. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Sarah. Appreciate it. That's a good way to uh, wrap things up real quick. How can people yes. get a hold of you this week? Um, my Facebook page is Rob Zimmer Outdoors. They can get me there or they can uh, pick up my magazine at Cedar Ridge Gifts and Crafts and Nina right in front of Coles. My new magazine just came out. Okay. Um, so it's there. Pick it out. Uh, getting lots of great feedback on that. And otherwise, my face, my regular website is robzimmeroutdoors.com. Okay. All right, Rob. We will see you next week. All right. There goes Rob Zimmer Outdoors here on WHPY. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.